Hello and welcome to Camera Eats First. My name is Devin. And I'm Catherine. And together we are Two Marker Girls. We run a vegan YouTube channel and a blog, and this is our podcast where we talk about veganism, we talk about how we make our recipes, how we run our blog, and all things food content and vegan news. And today we're going to be talking about some food content slash kind of food news. Yeah. Because Catherine's like favorite Food Network star is Macon Bank. Yeah, so uh, this week, Guy Fieri's just signed a new deal with Food Network, a three-year deal worth $80 million. Pause for dramatic effect, because and what? And disbelief. <laughs> First of all, my initial shock was, oh my God, how much money does the Food Network make? Yeah, yeah. Second, second thought was, wow, I'm so happy for Guy Fieri. Definitely. But like, also... <laughs> I feel like these days, as far as cable TV goes, the only thing that I would have assumed before that would still be making lots of money is like sports. Yeah. So I th- I don't like I don't know like what it is about the Food Network that's able to like maybe it's be- honestly maybe it's because streaming services haven't really hit the mark on food shows like that's food network type of food shows yet like i think netflix has its own and we've talked about this netflix has its own type of food show that's really working but it doesn't work for everybody and i don't Mm -hmm. think they've hit the food network type of crowd yeah and which like that crowd is still booming for the food network yeah and again there isn't actually that much information on the Food Network, so it's hard to get, like, demographics and things like that. But I'm so curious to know, because, like, I watch the Food Network, but I don't know if that's, like, a normal thing for a 27-year-old to watch the Food Network. Like, I don't know what demographics they cover in their, like, viewership. But it must be because it's still so popular. But, yeah, basically this news of Guy Fieri's new athlete-level contract yeah. has just decided we've just has inspired the idea of let's talk about the food network today (laughs) yeah because i don't think like i think they maybe did kind of have a a possible dip dip. yeah Yeah. and then i don't even know what it would have been that raised them back up because guy guy got his contract was it 2004 2006 from a contest right yeah he won uh food networks like nest next best star or something like that yeah and so i feel like between like 2006 and 2010 they could have dipped but they've also said that since guy won that competition they had like a plan for him and he just kept blowing through the plan way faster than they thought he would and kept like increasing and building and building i like as a like i He's one of my favorite TV chefs, without a doubt. Like, I love all of his, t- his all of his shows. He, ne- never mind. He's not one of... He's my favorite TV chef. I love <laughs> him so much. But even as somebody who loves him, I'm trying to figure out what his... Like, what makes him so amazing? Like, what is it that everybody loves so much about him? And I'm wondering if it's just him in general. He's so unapologetically himself, but still a good person. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, like, that's hard to find. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm just like, because, like, you know, he still rocks those frosted tips from the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Like, his look hasn't changed. He's still so, and he, like, his brand, I guess, hasn't really changed at all, who he is. And, like, he still does the same type of stuff. He still promotes small business. He still does, like, he doesn't, like, shame food. And, like, yeah. 
like there's nothing pretentious about him like i'm wondering if it's just that like he's just like it feels like he's just the everyday person but he's a megastar on food network apparently yeah no he you're right he is like very unpretentious but still like knows how to talk about food yeah. and but i think for anybody who doesn't watch him or has seen his stuff you kind of look at him and be like um i don't really why would i watch that and then as soon as you watch you're like oh i'm, I'm into this well I'm i was 100 percent that like i was like on the guy fieri jokes where i was like oh it's guy fieri like you don't really take him seriously if you don't actually watch his things but then as soon as you start watching his stuff you're like wow this is fun i like this <laughs> Like, I will never not be obsessed with Guy's Grocery Games. It's so much fun. Um, But yeah, I think it's just that, like, he just takes the pretentiousness out of food when you've got, like, and again, I like a lot of celebrity chefs, but, like, when you've got stuff like Iron Chef, where it's all about, like, five-star food, it has to be perfect, it's made by Michelin star chefs and all these things, and then you have Guy Fieri who's just going to, like, these like backyard diners that are just making you deep fried deliciousness and it doesn't have to be this pretentious like michelin star dish Mm. and there's something really special about finding those places that are actually accessible to everybody Mm -hmm. like those are the ones that you want to see win still those are the ones that like make all the little parts of the world better you know yes can't all go to michelin star restaurants like ever (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah really i w- never yeah. <laughs> um but yeah no this news just kind of blew me away and also like so there's this tweet that i'm seeing on a buzzfeed article about guy fieri making 80 million dollars in three years um the food network so now that he's pa- they're paying him 80 million dollars over three years making earning him 26 and a half million dollars annually so he makes 26 and a half million dollars per year from the food network alone he's the he, fietti would be the 15th highest paid player in the nfl oh my god <laughs> wow he's making a- like top athlete money <laughs> who do you think that is going to make feel underpaid the nfl athletes or the other chefs I mean, to be honest, it should make none of them feel underpaid, but I'm, like, so, like, to me, it's just so, like, because, like, you think of cooking as such a humble thing, but, like, I feel like the Food Network and other TV shows and things like that have just transformed chefs into these celebrities that I would never have expected to be making this kind of money. Well, that is really what the Food Network kind of, like, started around, right? They were like, let's make celebrity chefs. Let's make the people who make the food the entertainment. Yeah. And, like, not all of the chefs were able to be that person. They had to, like, really find the ones that had the personality and could be entertaining. And, like, even that was a journey for them to figure out in their early days, right? Yeah. And maybe that's why it's been able to stand the test of time, is that they've centered it around personality rather than food. Because, like, food, everyone loves food. It really doesn't matter what you make. People are going to like seeing people make food. But if you can match it with the personality of, like, oh, yeah, this person's so much fun to watch, or I'm learning so much from this person, or I wish I could be this person's friend, then, like, it's like when we talk about YouTube, like a lot of people stay watching content because they just get attached to the people who are making the content 
Exactly. And that was like a huge thing. They found that the chefs who could just kind of talk about food as if they were talking to their friends were the ones that were drawing the bigger numbers and they wanted to give more airtime to. But like that was such that was a thing in like the early days, like Food Network started in 93. And like those early four, first four years when they were basically a startup TV mm-hmm. channel, like that was their hustle. And I was even reading about the way they would just chefs would so their studio was in manhattan and mm-hmm. chefs would like come up to the studio from their restaurants maybe somewhere in the city as well film like four or five episodes and then go and do dinner service <laughs> wild schedule what a day yeah speaking of founding in 1993 did you know it was uh founded the day after you were born oh my gosh no <laughs> So you are one day older than the Food Network. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. But like, it's actually like when I think about that, Food Network has always been something that I just think of has always been around because we've grown up with it. But like the thoughts that it's hardly older than us. Yeah. Blows my mind. Yeah. And because like we know there was food TV before that. There was like Julia Child and stuff. And that's what people were like, maybe there's something here. But we want it to be less pretentious kind of because like julia child could make really good recipes they were very fancy very impressive and she was fun to watch Mm -hmm. but people didn't feel like they could make that food yeah it wasn't approachable yeah so it was it was emerald i think emerald lagasse who was like yeah i'm gonna make meatloaf but we're gonna make meatloaf good and it was (laughs) that kind of stuff yeah food network is this beast that a lot of people don't realize like i didn't realize until guy Guy Fieri's making $80 million in three years. Like his show, Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives, makes $230 million in ad revenue last year. Okay. Do you want to... I found the numbers, actually. Some of the numbers (gasps) from 2020. Yes. So it was distributed to nearly 100 million households with more than 46 million monthly unique web users. In the fourth quarter of 2020, the network was ranked the top non-news, non-sports cable channel among women 18 to 49. Damn. Yeah. And the so because they have the, it's the Food Network, Network Cooking Channel and Food Network Kitchen are all mm-hmm. under the same umbrella. And they said that the cooking channel was on track to have its highest rated year in network history for all viewers between 25 and 54. That actually skewed, that's a pretty big range, first of all. That is a very big range. Yeah, and skews way younger than I would think. Yeah, 25, that's like verging on Gen Z, almost. Well, yeah, and the first number of like 18 to 49, too. Those people are getting their food stuff from TikTok, are they those not? People, I was just saying, those people don't even know what cable TV is, do they not? Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like our generation hardly knows what cable TV is. <laughs> I think they are embellishing this demographic, but still impressive numbers. <laughs> They're like, let's just lump in the last two years. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, like, very impressive. And um, I'm wondering if, like, I almost feel like, the Food Network, and maybe not so much recently, although maybe because they're having the best years of their in history. But like, to me, the Food Network almost feels like the way Kleenex has changed what we call tissues. Mm. Like when I just think of food shows, I think of 
the Food Network. I don't think of other shows like, and I think Netflix and like online streaming services are slowly changing that for certain things. But like, I if I think of a cooking show, I just assume it's on the Food Network. Yeah, like they still kind of have that brand dominance in that yeah area where it's like Food Network is the highest level even though i fully watch food shows that are not on the food network but i still think of the food network pretty much for all food shows like i forget that master chef is not on the food network it is on fox like i always forget that <laughs> yeah yeah no true and like to be honest i have not watched a lot of food network shows in my whole life and even though we're <laughs> the same age me and the food network we just we went <laughs> down different paths and mine included youtube and netflix <laughs> I mean, mine included YouTube and Netflix until like, like, again, I've always watched the Food Network stuff because my mom has always watched the Food Network stuff. But it actually hasn't been until like the last like five or six years that I really got into the Food Network. See, you're part of this demographic that they're talking about. I wonder if there's just something where you just like hit a certain like age or something where you're just like, I'm going to start watching the Food Network. (laughs) Well, it's also the age where you're like, I'm going to turn on the cable version of my TV and not the streaming version. Well, I mean, I will say I have always, I've never not had cable in my life, like ever. Cable is not a thing that I've ever wanted to give up. I like cable too much. <laughs> like I am, I am on the side, I'm still team cable. I am team streaming service, but I'm also still team cable. I do not want to give that up yet. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. There's still merits to cable, like Moneyball being on every single weekend. I think that's nice. (laughs) Well, I just, I always feel so weird when you're in like a group of like 20-somethings and then they're like, oh, this thing's going to be aired on cable, so I have to figure out how to watch it. I was like, do people just not get cable? Because I feel like it's not that expensive to get anymore. (laughs) I mean, when I moved out, I didn't have cable for that year. And how was that for you? Uh, I don't really remember missing it very much. Like, cable fills this void that, like, Netflix can't. In the sense that I, if I'm bored and I go to Netflix, I get overwhelmed. Yeah. Because yeah. I can't decide. Like, I don't want to make decisions. Though, if I'm bored and I'm like, let's just see what's on TV. TV's mostly making that decision for me. It's like, okay, there's three things I wouldn't mind watching on here. Let's just pick one of them. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. The decision factor on netflix uh stresses me out way more and i end up watching way less exactly netflix i usually end up going to the same stuff over and over again because i was like i can't make decisions (laughs) exactly but do you think we're gonna see the food network make that shift like to more on demand where's the food network streaming service like where's the food only streaming service i don't know i feel like there might be one already we just don't know about it that's very possible. Because, like, again, I haven't needed it because I have cable. And I also have Rogers On Demand as part of my cable. So I basically have my Food Network streaming service within it. But it's built into my cable. But, like, so I've never gone looking for it. So maybe it exists and we just don't know. Yeah, because also, like, at this point, where can you go to watch Guy Fieri's whole videography, discography, whatever you call it, filmography? Yeah, I've never I've never had to search for that cuz it's always on TV. But if that was available, would you binge watch seasons oh my of God. his show? Always. Yeah. Guys Grocery Games, I I record every episode and I like <laughs> if I'm bored I'm like let's just put on a Guys Grocery Games episode. <laughs> 
So I think that's where it's got to go next. They got to like, because they have so much content, let people mm-hmm. binge the content and then keep like creating the new content for all those cable viewers. Yeah. Devin, could you name a f- your favorite Food Network show or you don't even like nothing? I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> So, like, could you even name, outside of Guy Fieri, could you name other Food Network stars? Um, I I don't know. Was Rachel Ray on the Food Network? Rachel Ray is still on the Food Network. Oh, well, there you go. Despite, I don't, I she's my least favorite. <laughs> she's so intense. <laughs> she is very intense, but she has marketed herself a lot. I guess that's how I know her name. Yeah, and, like, she's not even a chef, technically. She's just like a home cook. She was an actress, and then oh. and then started. I and then I guess really liked home cooking and got her own Food Network show and has become a Food Network star through that. But I do. I feel like there's a whole bunch of people who don't realize she was an actress. <laughs> no, I had no idea. Again, kudos to her PR team. <laughs> <laughs> but like, so like Bobby Flay. Does that say? Oh, yeah. You know, be Bobby Flay and like Iron Chef Bobby Flay. Yeah. Did you ever watch Iron Chef? That's no. the only Food Network show I've never really been able to get into. And because when I was like reading about past food TV or present food TV shows, Iron Chef, especially in Canada and around the world, hasn't had the same level of popularity as like Top Chef and Master Chef, like those really? competition shows. Yeah. Interesting. And because isn't that the one where, spoiler alert, but it's not actually a secret to the contestants? Oh, I have no idea. I know like nothing about Iron Chef. <laughs> I think I think I heard something about that one where if there's like a mystery or a surprise ingredient or something, they actually know about it. It's it's all fake. Rude. Ugh. Yeah. This is why Guy's Grocery Games is the best show on television because he just th- does. It's just so much fun. Like <laughs> it's just so much fun. <laughs> is that your favorite of his shows? Yeah. Like I love Diners, Drive-Ins and Dives. Uh, and I love being able to like see those like mom and pop shops and learn about like different things and all this stuff. It's great. But like for just pure enjoyment, I could like I could watch like I could watch Grey's Anatomy or Friends or like New Girl. I could watch Guys Grocery Games. Like I will watch that over and over again because it's just it's so much fun. And he's just like he's so great. Like he's a really good host. Back hmm. to the Guy Fieri talk. He is such a good host and he has like really good connections with um, like the, even the people he brings in as judges. Like they've got really good dynamics together. So it's almost like you're watching for the food, but you're also just watching to see the judges and Guy Fieri have fun and make jokes and puns all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so like it's just it's so much fun. And like he goes around and he like will try people's food every once in a while. And I've never, ever seen him be like anything short of oh my god this is amazing i'm obsessed with this like he's just so positive all the time or like if it needs help he'd be like i suggest salting that like he's not afraid to just like it's just it's just so chill i love it so much <laughs> and maybe it was like a needed personality in the chef in the cooking world because we had so many of those intense chef personalities like gordon mm-hmm. ramsay is obviously a huge An example intense. of that <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like a chef is just like on a mission and he's going to tear you down if you're not doing your job perfectly. And so he like keeps up those like the the chef world stereotypes. He really keeps those up. (laughs) Yeah. So maybe it was also that guy kind of 
brings in that other like oh we don't always have to be that way about food and I mean like I didn't come from the same background that Gordon would have the same kind of atmosphere all those things but still like the they needed that balance in food tv and cooking celebrities yeah you need the person that is okay with using processed cheese and things and frozen things and things and like it's just willing to acknowledge if it's good food regardless of what ingredients were used in it yeah and i do think we see that more now right Mm -hmm. i think it's needed now because it's just like to be able to hit like there's only so many people that can relate to organic produce and the best quality proteins and like there's only like there's very few people that can relate to that. Yeah, and the more we all kind of like live online or share our lives online, the less there is like this illusion of what everyone really eats or can eat or wants to eat. You know what I mean? Like I feel like yeah. before when it was really just you knew what was on TV. And that was kind of it. Then that became the standard. But now because there's so many different sources where people can share what they're eating or share what they're into, I think it just breaks open those barriers. Yeah. And one of the things I've actually always appreciated about Guy Fieri's content in particular is that I find in the cooking world when it comes to vegan and vegetarian food, there's like this, like... I think most chefs appreciate a good vegetarian or vegan meal, but, like, there's still this weird, like, I see it a lot in Gordon Ramsay particularly, but there's this weird thing of, like, oh, you're serving meat, like, how could a vegetarian meal ever beat this steak that somebody else did? Like, they never really give the vegetarian or vegan meal recognition, but Guy always does. Hmm. Like, he, he doesn't focus on that there's no meat on the plate he just focuses on that what's on the plate is really delicious and I was like wow I like really and like you wouldn't expect it because he's still a very meat heavy person like all of his restaurants are all based around like barbecue and Mm -hmm. meat and burgers and all that kind of stuff but like he's not pretentious about it and not a dick about it (laughs) like he's not like oh there's no steak on this why would you never give me it like why is a steak not on this plate all the time like he he still acknowledges he acknowledges what's on the plate rather than what's not on the plate yeah that makes sense no that makes so much sense and like why wouldn't you it's still good food to me it's it's something i never really understood with the cooking world i was like you're a chef you should appreciate when someone can make something out of stuff that is the easy way out like you can everyone can make a really maybe not everyone can make a really good steak but like you put a steak and like a potato and some veggie on there people are gonna like that meal but if you could make a really good vegetarian or vegan meal like as a chef how can you not appreciate that accomplishment <laughs> Hmm. i mean that's just gonna lead into a whole like people treat your veggies better conversation and you'll have better veggies <laughs> and we'll have to go right back to samin man she's great exactly exactly <laughs> um but yeah no i i just i again we're back on the guy fieri over food network but i just like appreciate him as a person rather than a chef first because i just think he just seems like a very decent human being (laughs) Mm -hmm. and i do think that that's also becoming like such a requirement too Mm -hmm. but yeah no i think it's it's very interesting there's such a difference i think when you look at food tv stars like when you can have gordon ramsay be just as popular as his complete opposite guy fieri like they like maybe they're not complete opposites but like they're pretty drastically different Mm -hmm. i don't think 
I really don't remember the last time I've seen Guy Fieri in a chef jacket. <laughs> and I don't remember the last time I've seen Gordon Ramsay not in a chef jacket. <laughs> hmm. I guess, yeah, it depends on the, sh- it's just the type of shows that they do. Yeah. And that's actually another one of my favorite things about Guy Fieri. This is just becoming a Guy Fieri fan podcast, <laughs> apparently, is that he doesn't always have to be cooking. Like, he's okay to just show off other people's food and, like, host. He Most of his shows, he just hosts and he never actually cooks. He brings people in to cook and, like, showcase things. And maybe that was part of his, like, career journey and that, like, he's not going to be the person who's, like, creating recipes for people. But I think it works for him so well. And it's nice to see that because he's still really knowledgeable about food. He's a chef. But he lets other people take the spotlight in their food. Yeah, and even I think before, but especially now, he's just become this kind of advocate for the restaurant industry. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, I will say the last like year through this pandemic has really, I feel like, also shown just how good of a person he can be because he's donated so much money to restaurants throughout this pandemic who have arguably had it probably the worst of any industry maybe other than travel yeah. um, throughout all of this. So like, it's, it's so nice to see that. Like <laughs> I, when I, I remember when I saw the $80 million, you know what? I was like, you know what? Good for him. He donates so much money to restaurants. He has, he stands up for so many good causes. Good for him. <laughs> yeah. And cause like for him, like appreciating all those small restaurants that are going to be the ones that are going to have the hardest time coming out mm-hmm. of this, if they can come out of it, like him supporting them just is such a natural thing that you would think should yeah. happen. And yet it feels rare. Yeah. Well, it's even like there's so many stories of like restaurants and chefs that were featured on diners, drive-ins and dives that were able to like keep their business going because of the attention he brought to it. Um, or were able to make like a separate career for themselves and now are judges on his shows and things like that. Like there's so much and he always brings people back. It's really, really cool. The little like Guy Fieri universe he's made. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I even saw uh, there was an article about like his career and this big contract and stuff. And I think they're planning their next season. I think maybe in Hawaii or they're going to do some episodes in Hawaii. Ooh. And he's got like a binder of stuff to go through to like learn about and figure out where the show is gonna go that's so cool damn that would be such a fun job right so fun like hey uh food network if you're looking for your next vegan stars (laughs) imagine that was your job to just find the little vegan gems in cities and towns it would be so amazing and like we won't do it for 80 million dollars we'll do it for way less food network but also like that's Food Network Canada, let's talk about doing that. Yes, please. Or like just finding like those vegan gems, restaurants, but also just like vegan hacking at restaurants, like how to make a vegan meal or restaurants, like non-vegan restaurants that are featuring really cool vegan food and all this kind of stuff. I feel like there's so much to do, Food Network. Yeah, come on. Actually, no, that's a good point. Like we should talk about where the Food Network should go next. Yes, because like clearly they're doing well. I'm curious to see what their next few years will look like. And I, again, maybe 2020 did so well because everyone was at home. Mm-hmm. Everyone was cooking more, mm-hmm. trying to figure things out. So maybe Food Network had a really good year because of the pandemic. Mm. But we will. it's curious to see where they go in the next five years. So where do you think they should go? 
Well, I already know that you think they need a streaming service. <laughs> I think it makes sense. They've got bingeable content, clearly. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I think we'd both like to see more vegan and vegetarian-based shows or features in shows. But I think, too, like the big conversation, too, is their diversity and yes. talking about the real stories behind where these dishes come from, which, mm-hmm. like, there's also been articles that have come out discussing how the Food Network doesn't want to talk about the truth behind foods and cuisines and things like that because it doesn't make people look good because of how they treated other people and the truth about how the foods came to where they are today. They don't want to have that conversation that it involved enslavement. Yeah, which, like, is an important conversation to have, Food Network. Yeah. Like, you can still enjoy food and still celebrate food but still acknowledge where things come from. And the, like, very dark past of some things. Yeah, yeah. Trying not to talk about it still is being part of the problem still. Mm-hmm. I will say, when you, like, again, I don't, like, I am entrenched in one area of Food Network. As much as I enjoy Food Network, there is some shows that I just don't touch on Food Network at all. So I, there's, like, I'm very, like, I know everything Guy Fieri. I know all his shows. Love them. I watch Beat Bobby Flay, all those kind of things. But there's a lot of, like, a side of Food Network that I don't watch. So I maybe I'm wrong. But, like, when I think of Food Network, I don't necessarily think, like, the first thing that comes to mind is white man. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, white. I think there's also yeah. some women on there, but they're mostly white. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I do think diversity is something that the Food Network needs to look at. Mm-hmm. And, like, the diverse personalities that we need like in women and in people of color we need them to be able to be like guy fieri like they Mm -hmm. shouldn't have to act a way that you think they need to act they can be like guy fieri too you know like i think the white man just has too much he can do whatever he wants and it seems to work whereas other people go in and try to do their show and like i don't think that's gonna work yeah they have these like expectations that people just assume you're like this so this is what people would want but like just be who you want to be yeah 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 I agree but yeah so diversity I think will be key especially again I don't know what their viewership is that was a very vague age range Mm -hmm. (laughs) so it's hard to say that but I feel like if they want to stand the test of time beyond what's the generation before us uh who are like who's currently like 40 to 50 years old well is that gen x yeah it goes boomers gen x geriatric millennials other millennials <laughs> wait are are geriatric millennials an actual like group now <laughs> yeah but honestly i think the gen z just came up with that i don't know what that's, that's what about like, like i don't really understand what that means like i don't like is it just mean you're considered old now yeah. Like, will eventually we, everybody in the millennial group become a geriatric mu- millennial? I, honestly, I think we all have our geriatric moments. <laughs> like, are there geriatric Gen Z, the people who started the generation? <laughs> are they considered old Gen Zs? They will be. They will be. <laughs> I, I hate, like, that is truly a term that I despise, even though I don't think, like, definitely neither of us are considered geriatric millennials. We are at the pretty much end of the millennial grouping almost. But, like, I don't get that term. Like, I'm like, why? I don't understand. (laughs) No, I think it's just part of these silly uh, generational wars that we're seeing over TikTok. 
Yeah, like, is it just part of the, like, because somebody has a different thought, you're like, oh, no, no, they're not a millennial millennial. They're a geriatric millennial. Exactly. (laughs) It's so silly. (laughs) Oh, we need to have a whole conversation about TikTok and the, like, toxic place that it is. But also, like, it can also be a great place. (laughs) Um, What were we talking about? Oh, the generations. I feel like in order to, like... Again, I don't know how many Gen Zers are watching Food Network right now. Mm-hmm. Like what people care about in the content they consume and the businesses they go to and the restaurants they support is changing. It's not just about what you provide, it's also about who you are as a company, yeah. what the company's value. So like I I can't believe that they would be able to keep going if they didn't start to diversify their chefs a little bit and their perspectives yeah although maybe they are going to because i feel like i saw i couldn't read the article because it was behind a paywall and (laughs) i had used up my like one article (laughs) per week viewing um but it was about like tiktok stars getting cookbook deals and getting show deals and i think one of it was like a tiktok star had he'd gotten big on tiktok and youtube and here comes the cookbook deal and the Food Network deal. So if they're like paying attention to that space, maybe that's where they're going to find their continued popularity. You know what's that I never thought of until you brought up TikTok? I wonder what their social media presence is like. I know their Instagram sucks. <laughs> like I know it absolutely, at least in Canada. I don't know mm. if it's the same thing. Food Network CA sucks on Instagram. But I wonder if they're on TikTok. Well, like, if they're not doing Instagram well, do you think they're really doing TikTok well? Because, again, I actually haven't checked. I don't follow Food Network on Instagram because last I checked, it sucked. Yeah. But maybe they've changed. Maybe they're doing it really good. Maybe because, like, last I checked, like, that whole group of, like, Chorus, because Chorus owns Food Mm -hmm. Network CA or at least runs it in Canada. That whole group, like, Food Network, HGTV, all that stuff, I find suck at social media. Because it just feels too corporate. It doesn't feel... Like, it has a personality or, like, authentic? Like, they're not creating... Yeah, they're not creating content for it. They're just kind of taking, like, quick shots of their shows and putting it on it. Which I'm like, that's what people are there watch your shows for. Like, social's a different platform. (laughs) So, like, yeah, I still think their content sucks. (laughs) No no offense to them. But, like, you go to... So, they have almost 400,000 followers. Food Network Canada. So, like, Food Network US has its own separate one. But Food Network Canada has almost... 400,000 followers but like the fact that they're not changing their content when they look at one of their videos that they posted and it has seven comments oh at four 400,000 people follow you and I and I go I know the algorithm is part of the problem but like I this one has four comments and now are they doing things like reels or anything uh, they're doing IGTV. They do have a couple reels here and there. Let's see. Uh, they probably do more reels than we do. Yeah, they've been doing reels. Well, they got more budget for it, so they should. Yeah, really. <laughs> like, their reels are getting... So, they have 400,000 followers. Their latest reel got 20,000 views, which feels low for reels mm. with that many followers. Mm-hmm. So, so, I just... I feel like they need to up their social media game. I think it's still something we're seeing from those traditional um, outlets, traditional content outlets, where yeah. they, 
uh, social media is still an afterthought. Definitely. And it shows. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I, I agree. I think it shows so much because like in order and again, maybe they rely on their chefs to do oh. it maybe they rely on their personalities to right. be the ones that are entertaining on social and all this stuff so they're like you know we don't really actually have to worry about this too much because guy fietti's on instagram mm. and killing it which i don't even know if it's true i don't even follow him on instagram wow like i'm doubting is- your fandom now <laughs> <laughs> actually let me double check that i might and i just never go to my personal one but i definitely don't follow him on two market girls <laughs> <laughs> let's see let me go to my personal one and double check that because now i'm my fandom is being threatened yeah and that's what this episode (laughs) is going to turn into but i do follow an account that i think is wonderful on twitter i can't remember what it's called but it's basically uh guy fieri memes with no context (laughs) (laughs) it's truly the best okay no i do follow him but like so guy fieri yeah, Guy Fieri has 1.7 million followers on his Instagram. Damn. So, like, maybe they just rely on him doing this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that does make sense. And they just hope that they'll be able to ride the wave of their talent. Mm. I'm going to find out the account on Twitter for the uh, Guy Fieri memes with no context because I think everybody should follow it. <laughs> I feel like every show has an account like that. Yeah, it's it's just called No Context Fieri um fieri fieri on twitter and i really really believe everybody should follow this account (laughs) okay because it's so funny if you took one thing away from this episode it's follow this twitter account (laughs) yeah pretty much damn guy fieri on twitter has 3.4 million followers wow i feel like you rarely see people have more followers on twitter than instagram yeah especially in food wow 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 owen wilson wow maybe this is where food network shines is twitter because bobby flay's got 2.6 million followers on twitter now maybe this is the secret sauce is this like a again going back to a demographic thing that's what i'm wondering what is the demographic of twitter users nowadays definitely skews above 25 really I think so. Gen Z don't use Twitter? No, not as much. Like, they're still on there, but I think the prevalent age I range. I mean, Twitter can be a gross place, so. Oh, yeah. They're all. But also, they've exchanged it for TikTok, which isn't better, so. Yeah. <laughs> they're all toxic. But, what are we saying? So, Food Network Canada, not much more, but does have more followers on Twitter than they do Instagram. Hmm. So, maybe it is a demographic thing. Maybe wow interesting we're learning things we are learning so much i'm tempted to ask about facebook but i don't i'm on it i feel like food network on facebook is actually where it's at how many groups are there really (laughs) yeah really actually that's probably true we're probably like missing this whole other world of instagram uh or of social media just because like who our age goes on facebook anymore yeah exactly but who watches food network on cable still other than Catherine? people who are on facebook (laughs) (laughs) um so food network it doesn't look like it splits it out into like ca oh wait maybe they do let's see this one okay they have about the same as they do on instagram four hundred thousand followers but food network in general like not the canada one holy crap they have uh hold on i'm getting the exact number they have 31 million likes on facebook 
Okay, well, there we have it. Yeah, but Facebook is the cable version of <laughs> social media. Yeah, no, I, just, I just never thought of it that way, but it's so true. <laughs> so just like they have, you know, well, they have 46 million unique visits to their website. So there's their, it's their Facebook crowd and a little more. Dang, Guy Fieri's got 1.3 million followers on Facebook. Who actually follows anybody on Facebook anymore? Boomers, Catherine. <laughs> like, I I mean, I definitely used to when I was in, like, high school, college. And then I went through my Facebook, like, a couple years ago. And I was like, what the hell am I doing liking pages? <laughs> and I unliked everything. <laughs> yeah, no, I think this is definitely, like, a demographic thing that we're discovering. Definitely. Okay, so they're going to need to figure out how to bridge the gap. And again, I don't have... I mean, I do have TikTok. I just don't have an account. So I don't know if they're even on TikTok. But I'm going to find out. I imagine if they are on it, they're probably just posting what they post on Reels. Yeah. But, okay, Food Network Canada does have it. They... Yeah, they have 6,000 followers. Like, this is your wheelhouse, Food Network. You're about food. And food is huge on TikTok. What are you doing? Well, we could be saying the same thing to ourselves. Shh, we okay, have no sh- time. Don't they're say a, that. They're they're a multi million dollar business. We, yeah. Where's our if I had multi million contract? <laughs> if I was being paid eighty million dollars a year, I'd be on TikTok too. <laughs> and that's the minimum, just so you know. Yeah, they're literally just posting what they post on Reels. Okay. So they're not they're not necessarily making any content for these platforms. They're just taking mm-hmm. it out of their shows, basically. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's where I think they need to go, is making original content for social media. Although I do know, okay, so I, like, had applied for a job there a few years ago. Did not get it. Not bitter. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, One of the things uh, that they were doing when I was there, when I was interviewing there, which I don't know if they ever did, they were trying to create shows for Twitter. Oh, where they would release like five minute episodes of something on Twitter sp- specifically. For Twitter. And I don't know, like, I didn't follow up with it. I don't know if it actually ever worked out for them. I'm going to assume no, but I don't know. They have a lot of followers on Twitter. Maybe it did work. Yeah, no, that's an interesting choice to be your main platform. <laughs> right? They really got to get out of there. <laughs> they got to change their main platform, I think. But again, like, I think that's where their demographic is, though. No, that's what I think. I think you still need to stay there yeah. for, to support your current demographic. But your current demographic ain't going to be here forever. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Sorry to get sad. But, but your current demographic is soon going to be your past demographic. Yep. You got to shift into this new, the Gen Zers. You got, you know, if you're a good company to support, I'm pretty sure the Gen Zers will. It seems like they are willing to shell out dough for to support good companies. Mm-hmm. So Food Network, you need to address the issues you got within your company. It's got <laughs> deep. Wow, this is serious. Like we're giving some serious feedback here. Yeah. This is my consultation for free. Wow. Address the issues you got cuz we know you got so. <laughs> this should not be free. <laughs> You know what? I'm going to stop there. Food Network, call us. <laughs> We've hit our 40-minute quota on this yeah. consultation. So thank you for listening. We Feel free to 
follow up, you can email us. <laughs> and we'll be looking out for that show deal, Food Network. Yeah. I would even take a Twitter show, you know, to be honest. Honestly, me too. I would take I would take a Facebook show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the mighty have fallen. <laughs> the mighty have sold out. <laughs> All right. Well, this was a fun chat, mostly about Guy Fieri, a little about the Food Network, and then something about Instagram and social media. It had had a little bit of everything that we like. Yeah. So if you watch the Food Network, I would love to know what your favorite show is. I would also love to know if I am the only person under the age of 30 that has cable. (laughs) <laughs> and that st- now technically I don't pay for cable because my parents do, but I will soon be moving out of my parents' house, and I do plan to still pay for ca- to now pay for cable for the first time in my life. <laughs> so I need to know if there's anybody else under thirty that pays for cable. All right, these are important questions, and we really, really hope to hear from you. <laughs> <laughs> I need to know that I'm not alone. I need to know that cable's gonna last. Like, as much as I hate the cable companies, cable makes my life so much easier. <laughs> well, okay, Catherine needs to know that she's not alone, so please DM us. We are Two Market Girls on all the socials. You find our recipes at twomarketgirls.com. You're Two Market Girls on YouTube. Everywhere but TikTok, because we just talked about how you need to be on TikTok, and we are still not on TikTok. That's right. We are geriatric millennials without actually being geriatric millennials. It's uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) We're not the right age for it, but we have the right mindset. (laughs) Wow. Okay. What a fun chat. Yes. (laughs) 